Philippians 4 and 4, I must give honor to the angel of this house, Bishop Brady and Lady Angela Brady, shepherd leaders that we have. He sent me a text this morning. Yes, he did. From somewhere across the sea. And he said, let the people know that we're, in, we're over here, but we're being used by God. He said, greet them on my behalf. So bless you, saints, on behalf of our great bishop. He sends his greetings to you. So amazed that while they're over there, they were, uh, Bishop was able to baptize someone like uh, Pastor Dre said, in the name of Jesus, in the Jordan River. And when I seen how tore up he was about it, I got tore up. Because I'm like, that's amazing. The same river that John took Jesus down in. He got to step his feet in there and do what John the Baptist did and baptize someone in Jesus' name. I'm so glad that they got a chance to get away because if you've been paying attention all across the world, the globe, pastors have been throwing in the towel. They've been quitting. They've been uh, leaving pulpits, leaving the ministry. They've been saying, I'd rather be a pew member than to lead the people of God. Some of them have even gone so far as to commit suicide. And they have stress-induced illnesses, pastors, preachers experiencing that. So I'm glad that they got a chance to get away by themselves and hear from Jesus. Philippians chapter number four we're going to read verses four through seven the word of the lord reads rejoice in the lord always and again i say rejoice let your moderation be known unto all men the lord is at hand be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known unto God and the peace of God which passeth all understanding have you ever been in anything and people wondered how you could be so peaceful when you were going through the worst thing of your life and the peace of God that passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I want to speak to you this morning from three simple words. Find a reason. You may need to tap your neighbor and they may not know what you're talking about. But you might need to tell them, find a reason. 
the person next to you on the other side, somebody behind you, across from you, you need to speak these three words to them because by the time we leave this place today, they'll understand what you mean when you say, find a reason. I want you to tell it to them like you're giving them instructions. I want you to tell it to them like uh, you're giving them the instruction of a child when you tell them you need to find a reason. <laughs> oh, you need to find a reason. Find it. Whatever you do, find a reason. <laughs> We've been Walking in the knowledge this year of knowing <coughs> that God is performing his will. The year of God's accomplishment. And as we've entered these last two months of the year, the pastor has deemed this month the month of thanksgiving. And I know somebody probably said, Bishop, it's been the month of thanksgiving all my life in, in, in November. But we're not talking about the holiday Thanksgiving. We're not talking about the turkey and the dressing and the greens and the candy yams and the macaroni and cheese and the green beans and the sweet potato pie. I almost got caught up. <laughs> we're not talking about the holiday, but we're talking about the act of giving thanks somebody say I must give thanks so staying in line with our theme we have come to Paul's letter to the church at Philippi and you must understand that whenever you're reading and studying the word of God it is a historical look at an eternal God dealing with a particular people in a particular region so when we look at the Old Testament and even the Gospels, uh, we're looking at an historical account, but the inspiration is from an eternal God. So when we look at Jesus's life, we're looking at it then, and the God who inspired the writing of the Bible was still standing in the present, even 2,000 years ago. And even now, that same eternal God is already standing in the future. And he already has declared the end from the beginning. Uh, so here we are on this account at Philippi. Now, one thing you have to know is that God, even though he inspired the scripture... He meant for it to apply to us even today. He meant for us to be able to go back and look at the scripture and say that right there applies to my life right here, right now. And you got to understand that it is through our belief. We do not get into the church of the living God. No one gets into the church of the living God by what they know. You get in this thing by what you believe. And it is through your belief that you have experiences with Jesus. It is through your belief because you, it's, if it were by 
by what you know, there's so many people walking around here that know how to quote scripture. I mean, you'll run into an atheist who knows how to quote scripture. Even Satan himself knows the scripture. If you don't believe it, take a look at Jesus when he went up into the wilderness to be tempted of Satan. Satan tries to tempt him with scripture. He says, Jesus, throw yourself off of this cliff. It is written that the angels, he'll give the angels charge of thee, lest I dash thy foot against the stone. And Jesus has to combat the scripture with the scripture. Because sometimes the enemy will try to confuse you. And just because a person knows how to quote the scripture does not mean that they know the God of the scripture. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So not only do we believe in him, we experience him on a level that's personal to us. My experiences may not be the same experiences that you have. That's why I am so big. And John, I said, John, please don't preach the sermon. Please stop. Stop talking. As I was looking at this, I said, we don't begin this thing through rules. And when the Lord was speaking to me about this, he said, he said, you don't, you don't need to rule people to death. <laughs> See, when I got in church <clears throat> and you gave your life to Christ, the first thing, baptize you in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Bam! Shh. Don't do this. Don't do that. Stop this. Stop that. Don't go here. Don't go there. Don't wear this. Don't say that. Don't put this color on. Take that off. Don't go over there. The rules just started flowing and flowing and flowing. And they started stripping you of everything. And some of us. It's the truth. There are some people that are not in the house of the Lord right now because you were ruled to death. We don't start this thing out with rules. We start this thing with relationship. And I started thinking about that thing and I said, Destin, is he in here? Hold him up. Hey, baby. That's Destin. That's my son. He is four months old as of yesterday. He has no idea of what the rules are. Y'all don't get me. Y'all don't get me. He doesn't know that he's going to be told when to go to bed, when to wake up, what he can do, what he can't do. And Lord, I can't wait. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Where I say, don't talk when grown folk talking. Woo! I got to say it. Because my mom said it. You don't talk when grown people are talking. He doesn't know that he's going to be told that you got to do your homework. This is when you got to do it. Don't touch that stove. It's hot. He doesn't know any of the rules. But what he does know 
is relationship. That's my mama. That's my papa. He doesn't start off knowing the rules, but what he does start off experiencing is a relationship with his parents. When you come to God, before we rule you to death, we've got to learn how to teach you what a relationship with your father is. So now... that we have ruled people to death. I mean, when I say death, I'm not talking about lyric, lyric, uh, literal. I'm talking about a spiritual death. We've ruled them to death so much till now we have become the church of the revolving door. In one day, out the next day. In God, out of God. We're just revolving, revolving door. You're unstable, double-minded, carried away by every wind of doctrine and you're carried away by your own thoughts in your psyche not what God thinks but what you think so I can't come to you now and try to teach you because now my teaching and giving you instruction sound like a rule and if it is a rule if you come from my generation generation X I already done turned my ears off because you sound like a ruler versus one who wants to build my relationship with God. So when you heard the word relationship, it was a confirmation from God for me to say you need to say this because somebody in here is dealing with the fact that I can't abide by all of these rules. I don't know all of these rules. I, I don't I don't know to wear my jacket. I don't know to, to wear my skirt here and not here and all of this stuff. I just want Jesus. When I teach you Jesus, then all the other stuff don't even matter because you'll do stuff automatically. Because you'll be walking like my dear said with your WWJD on, what would Jesus do? And it's just some stuff that'll fall off of you as you go in God. What I need to be confident in is teaching you that God still loves you even when you make a mess. Hold him up again. Trust me, he's made some messes already. And sometimes I got to put my bandana on and say I'm going in for the gusto. Here we go. But get this, even though he made a mess, I love him so much that I clean him up. the destined saying uh, you shouldn't have did that I don't know why you doing that don't you know you're not supposed to do that you're not supposed to no 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 I gear myself up and I disciple him I show him that the one that he believes in that he trusts and he's building a relationship with he's uh, trustworthy enough to clean me up wipe me up pick me up and say now you smell like Johnson and Johnson all over again and guess what nobody else knows it 
him up and when you see him again he dressed up nice and he's smelling nice because that's what God does for us he cleans us up when we make a mess you know you done made some messes in your life you know you done jacked up time after time after time again but what did God do he covered you and he cleaned you and if everybody in here knew what you really done baby not even you if they knew what I done and go this far if they knew what I done while I was saved but what did God do he cleaned me up and he he covered me so God first builds a relationship with us and he shows us through the scripture how we need him. Just like we show Destin how he need mama and papa. He shows us how depraved and deprived we are. How incapable and flawed we are. How we cannot do this thing called life without him he shows us that it is impossible for you to live holy outside of me you cannot do it he takes us through oh this loving God he shows us through 40 and two generations if you were if you were of a different generation you say it like that 40 and two generations but he brings himself God down through 42 generations wraps himself in flesh dwells among us as the only begotten of the father lives 33 years only to be slaughtered and cut down by those he loved. The prophet Isaiah says in chapter 53 he was oppressed and he was afflicted yet he lamb to the slaughter cut off out of the land of the living for our transgressions was he stricken. He didn't even deserve it. He didn't deserve it but because he loved us and he's trying to build relationship with us so that you'll know that you need him. He went all the way down through that and said, if can't nobody do it for him, I'll give up my own life. I am life, so I don't mind giving up life because I know in three days I can get back up again. He didn't deserve it, but he stayed there songwriter said he could have come down but he didn't he stayed there oh he allowed himself to be whipped and beaten for us he stayed there and if you could not find any other reason to give God thanks the mere fact that he stayed there and suffered for me died on the cross for me that alone is enough reason to praise him through eternity. That's why Paul says in Philippians 4 and 4, he says rejoice. He says rejoice. And then he started thinking about what Jesus had did on Calvary and then he had to say it a second time and again. I say 
rejoice. Last week the choir was driving it home. Oh, Elder Green, they just kept saying it. Rejoice, rejoice. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Rejoice, rejoice. Because we knew that it was our responsibility to give God thanks and to rejoice. Uh, this word rejoice was not a suggestion. Uh, it wasn't uh, predicated upon how you feel. Uh, it wasn't predicated upon what you were going through. It, it wasn't predicated upon whether you were happy or not. Uh, the command was to rejoice. Uh, when shall we rejoice? The Bible says rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. He says, the Lord is at hand. And he goes on to say, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. And he says, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Paul was telling the people at Philippi, he was telling them that yes you've been taught to pray about everything seek God with everything but he said while you're praying about everything and you're seeking God for everything don't do it without thanks look at your neighbor and say you can't do it without thanks Paul is saying couple it when you're praying pray in thanksgiving when you wake up in the morning wake up in thanksgiving when you're getting dressed get dressed in thanksgiving while you're brushing your teeth thank you Jesus he's saying give thanks always while you're driving your car find a reason to give God thanks on your job sitting at your desk doing your work find a reason huh, to give God thanks. Huh? Ah, he says always. Even while you're sitting here right now. He said do it with. Oh y'all get it. Y'all get it. I could probably go sit down now. He says find a reason. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18 if you can get that for me, he already got it. Hallelujah, by and by. <laughs> Paul writes to the Thessalonians. He says, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God. He's saying that if you want to know God's will for you, get in thanksgiving. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God. The will of God is for you to dwell in thanksgiving. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And the thing that I want to take note of here is that the scripture does not say for everything, give thanks. Wait a minute, preacher. Hold up. I thought we were supposed to thank God for everything. Everything, thank God for everything. But the word is the word. You can't add to it and you can't take from it. He said in everything give thanks. Not for 
everything give thanks why does Paul make this distinct distinction it's because Paul knew that there would be some times in your life and some things that you would go through that it was going to be hard to give thanks for y'all still thinking about it it's still marinating my house burnt down 20, 2004, we experienced a fire and we lost everything. I was not necessarily thankful for the fire, but in the midst of the fire, while we were going through it, and I've learned how to abound, I've learned to have and I've learned not to have. There's been times where we had to light oil lamps and, and fill water buckets with water. I've had it and I've not had it. So thank you, Jesus. Totaled out your car. Been there too. Totaled the car out. They didn't even know how I got out of the car. And it was a month before we were about to get married. Lost my car, everything. Wasn't texting. But somebody had been drinking. And they turned in front of me and I hit them and it, everything was gone. I didn't have no replacement car. Lost it. Was I thankful for that accident? No, no, no. I wasn't thankful for that accident. But in the midst of going through it. I said, God, I thank you that I didn't lose my life. You receive a bad report from the doctor. Do you necessarily thank him for the bad report? You're not grateful for the bad report, but in the midst of that bad report huh? you gotta find a reason huh? to say God they may have given me a bad report huh? but I serve the healer huh? so it doesn't matter what the report says huh? in spite of Habakkuk 3.17 hallelujah is that the NIV? Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vine. Habakkuk is saying even if there's no food in the house. Though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food. Though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls. Come on, keep going. You got something else on there? He said, now I told you, you're going to have to give me time to get it up there. Even though there's no cattle in the stall. See, cattle was their ways and means of income. Uh, the herds that they herded, that was their income. So he said, even if it ain't no food in the house. Even if my money is funny, oh, if my money ain't acting right, if my 401k ain't right, if, if I done got laid off from my job, oh, even if it's no food and no money, yet I 
I will rejoice. Oh, there it is again. Yet will I give thanks because rejoicing is synonymous with thanksgiving. He says, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. Why? The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. Oh, he says that even though I'm going through it, I don't have to thank God for it, but I thank God in the midst of it. I said, what does it mean to make it make your feet like deer? He says, that means that I'll make you be able to leap above. Leap above. You're going through it. Oh, it might be going through the worst time of your life. But when you can find a reason to thank him, you leap above it oh you're like Peter and you're walking on the water and you're not sinking in what everybody else is sinking in you're walking on top of it that's what giving thanks does Habakkuk find a, found a reason then I looked at Job Job lost it all lost everything choir was singing and I rejoice today for I shall recover it all. Job had lost everything. His wife came to him and said Job if there was ever a time for you to cuss now is the time this is it right here with what you going through in your life and all of this that you're going through have you ever felt like cussing y'all see Y'all trying to not be, y'all trying to, uh, uh -huh. have you ever heard it in your head, but you refuse to say it out of your mouth? Have you ever got so angry and you were going through it and you wanted to? And instead of saying anything, you say, thank you, Jesus. You better be glad I'm thanking Jesus. Because before I let that come out of my mouth, some of you do let it come out of your mouth. Repent and turn back to God. But <laughs> I dare you that before you say it, thank God. Replace it with a thank you. Job said, you sound like a foolish woman. Curse God and die. He says, yet will I trust him. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Why could Job give thanks? He could thank him because he knew who gave it to him. He knew who had blessed him with it in the first place. And then he knew that did anything out of your life that God had to allow it. And what happened at the end of Job's uh, story? Say it again. He got double for his trouble. Ah, that was one of my, probably my third sermon in life. He'll give you double for your trouble. When you can find a reason to thank him, even though you're going through, even though things are not like you want it to be, even though you don't have the job that you want to have, you don't have the money that you want to have, oh, you don't live 
live where you want to live but if you find a reason to say thank you I will give you double for your trouble Jehoshaphat Jehoshaphat in the scripture he was terrified because the armies had come up against the children of Israel and it was more of them than it was of them it was more of the enemy have you ever felt like it was more enemies than people that was friends it was more enemies against them than he had with him and he feared and he had him the bible says he fell to his knees and he had the children of israel to fall to their knees and give thanks he found a reason to thank him and God is saying, if you can find a reason to thank me, what happened with Jehoshaphat? He confused. The Bible said that God told him, you ain't going to even have to fight this one, baby. Sit back. Sit back and relax in this one. I got this one for you. Oh, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Turn to the left. Don't turn to the right. Just watch me work, baby. And the Bible said the enemy turned on themselves. This is it. And I'm getting ready to get, get out of here. Romans 8.28. Any, any saved folks in here? Saved folks make a little noise right now. When we read the first three words of this scripture, we go crazy. We ain't even, you ain't even got to read the rest of the scripture. But when we hear you say, and we know, we start getting happy because we already know what the end result of this is going to be. Oh, the reason we can find a reason to thank him is because, and we know. You ought to give God a and we know praise. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love him. To them that are called according to his purpose. We rejoice because even though the house burned down, car accident, bad report, children not doing right, money funny, whatever it is that you're going through, we praise him because we know that all of this that we're going through is going to work for the good to them that love him. How do I know that it's going to work? Because I love him. And I am the call, the call. He has given me purpose in my life and he's not going to let my situation take me out. So I don't have mind giving him thanks. I can find a reason to thank him. I may not thank him for everything. But in the midst of what I'm going through, I must find a reason. When you look back at Philippians 4 and 4, and you read it in the message version as you're standing on your feet. Philippians 4, 
4 through 7, this is what made me happy because my mother was upstairs with me. She said, you got your sermon for Sunday? What was my answer? I'm working on it. And that's exactly how I said it. I'm working on it, Jesus. I said, but I'm looking at Philippians 4 and 4. And she pulled out her phone. And she looked it up and she read it. I was sitting over there holding the baby. And she read it. She said, I'm going to read it. She read it to me in the King James. And I said, Mama, go to the message version. Let's see what that says. And she said, it says, celebrate God all day. All day, every day. I mean revel in him. And I said, Mama, when it says revel, a, a pig, when it's in the mud, it revels and wallows. and It, it revels in the mud. The Bible is saying, uh, celebrate God all day and just roll around in him. Get, all, get him all over your body. Get, get it all over you. He says, make it as clear as you can to all that you meet that you're on their side working with them and not against them help them to see this was my favorite part that the master is about to arrive that's your celebration point right there the whole gist of this entire message is that you cannot get caught up in complaining but you gotta find a reason to thank him because the master is about to arrive whatever it is you're going through whatever it is you're facing oh don't start complaining about it start thanking God in the midst of it because Jesus is on his way he's already working it out as the songwriter said while you trying to figure it out he's all Jesus is about to arrive in your situation so I don't know who you are altar workers as you're coming and what you're dealing with we come to church and we don't tell everybody what we're going through we put a smile on our face and we suck it up and we give God thanks but the Lord is saying to you today, I'm about to arrive in your situation. Your responsibility is to give thanks. What I need you to do is just begin to thank me. Before you complain about it, you get sad about it, you get down about it, that you're going through, he said, just thank me. Thank me and let your heart be grateful gratitude in the place of complaining and just give thanks sometimes I don't understand how God is going to work it out but if I can just muster up some strength to just say God I thank you I'm sick but I'm not dead I may be coming in with a limp but at least I'm here God I thank you that you've given me the ability to be here I may not have the job that I have but I'm definitely far from broke oh broke is when you don't have a job and you can't pay any of your bills you don't get no assistance from the government 
go downtown sometime and go down Homeless Road on 9th Street where they're sleeping in the parks. I dare you to do it when you're driving by. You'll say, thank you, Jesus. Go on the cancer ward at a hospital and see how people are suffering with disease and anguish. Nobody has to know what you're doing. Just walk through and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. When you look at the news and you see what's happening, how kids are getting snatched up, getting sold into sex slavery and all of that sex trafficking, children going missing all over the place, but when you walk in your house, you see all of your children, you'll say thank you. still in the living God I thank you sometimes you don't even know you don't even have to have a reason to thank him just like